Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Comcast has dropped the Fox bid and the impact on the media landscape is large. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in there. Not enough calls these days. But a lot like Netflix has changed media, I suppose podcasts have changed radio. And maybe people just don't call radio shows as often as they used to. Unless, That's of course, terrible. It, it, it's terrible. Unless, of course, it is a uh, playoff, uh, I don't know, sports. Are you with me against me? The way we consume media is changing. So Comcast dropping out of the bid for Fox is telling you that, hey, the next Netflix ain't going to be Comcast. I have Comcast. I like Comcast, but I want to cut Comcast. And that's why you should invest in companies like Netflix and Disney. Disney's up big today. I think Disney's got room all the way up to $130. I own shares of Disney. How about them apples? Just a wave of my stick and to finish the trick. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Eisner's going to come get me for playing bad Disney content from 75 years ago. And that's the magic of Disney, is a lot of their content lasts for a long time. I've recently been talking about this little punk kid. I know you're saying you're not calling a seven-year-old punk just because he makes $11 million. Hell yeah, I'm talking about a seven-year-old kid who's a punk. $11 million reviewing toys. I'm dying to know where that audio clip comes from. But I don't want to know because it's better to take a trip to, to Unicorn Island without that knowledge. So content's changing. Media's changing big, right? And Disney has this power for now to magically show you Cinderella yet again and again and again and again. Now on digital Blu-ray, now on digital high definition, now on digital 4K, now on digital 8K, Cinderella is coming out of the, I don't want to say closet because that has different meaning. Out of the content closet. Doesn't it stink that you have to talk about media? Or doesn't it stink that you have to say everything almost now with like fear of being the next one to fall? So weekly jobless claims dropped their lowest level since 1969. In 1969, there's probably a good chance you or your parents were smoking marijuana and listening to hippie music and talking about how far out. Far out, man. Far out it is that we're going to the moon. 
And probably also at the same time, you're also going like, dude, that's 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 a bummer. That's a major downer to hear about the Vietnam War. I'm not going. I love people. If you loved people, then you would fight for the rights of the Vietnamese. How about I just ordered Thai food? Not close enough. Well, no, wait, wait, are they not close enough geography-wise or food-wise? Because we don't have any Vietnamese places here. But you get the idea. Lowest yeah. level since 1969. That's pretty impressive. I'm not... Uh, I don't want to give away my age. I'm so vain. You probably think this radio show is about you, but it's about me. Number of Americans filing unemployment benefits unexpectedly fell last week. Lowest level in 48 and a half years. Job market's strong. As long as job market's strong, economy's okay. It's talking about media. Do you remember the little rascals? Something tells me they weren't very politically correct. That's they had terrible. a little rascal. They had a little rascal. And when, trust me, I wasn't old enough to enjoy little rascals in their heyday. But it is worthy of note that in my heyday, they were showing reruns and reruns of reruns of reruns of reruns of Little Rascals. And it was cheap content for someone like a Channel 20, which you're like, wait, wait, are you talking about cable Channel 20? Because, no, no, before there was cable, you might have had an antenna. You might be able to pick up an odd channel or two. But they didn't have big money because they weren't one of the big three, ABC, NBC, CBS. So they would often buy content from stuff that was 40 years old. Maybe it's even in the public domain. I don't know. So that's how good these numbers are. We're going way back for me to talk, start talking. Oh, and my whole point of bringing up Little Rascals is probably not politically correct in this day and age. But they had one guy who would say, okay. And I was like, okay, Spanky. And I don't know if it was Spanky. It was one of the boys. Okay, Spanky, we're going to go in this bank. And then they had that guy. They had that guy who was named Froggy who kind of talked like this. And Froggy would say, okay, Spanky, we're going to go into the bank and we're going to pull out our fake guns and rob all the money. And Spanky would go, okay. I think he said Tay. Okay. And I would do that in front of my father, and my father would pull back his arm as if he was going to hit me. It was so darn annoying, right? Wowza, wowza, wowza. Very politically incorrect. And this song, I mean, do you not think of that song as the Little Rascals? Okay, now a story that I hate doing, but I have to do it. It's in my contract to be this story-driven. One in three parents are going to help their kids pay off student loans. Wow. One-third of parents say they'll help their child pay back some or all their student loans. I was expected to get a scholarship. And if I didn't get a scholarship, I was expected to pay for my own college. Times have changed. Right? We're already talking about the little rascals, 21st century. They'd all be sitting around on their iPads. They wouldn't be going off misadventures and catching bank robbers and stuff. But one in three parents, student debt has skyrocketed to $1.5 trillion in the U.S. This is going to become a, a, something we talk about in the next 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 years. And you'll see candidates say, I want to eliminate that $1.5 trillion. Vote for me, and I'll eliminate that $1.5 trillion debt on students. We've got to rethink our college system. It is, 
a good friend of mine said, came up with the term that California is broken, and that's why he moved out of the state. And I get it. We're spending a lot of money to live in the state. We're paying a lot of taxes, and at times it's like, how many homeless people can you count in a one-mile grid in the Bay Area? Parents should make sure they're balancing their long-term financial goals instead of just paying for their kids' college. Because not only are parents today part of that $1.5 trillion, but that means they're not saving for retirement. Or it means like a lot of parents today are taking care of their elderly parents. Like, what a blessing to have parents that live to, like, 78, 79, 80, 81, and they just die. And they don't need to be picked up and diapers changed and medications. So it's a difficult thought. But one in three parents helping their kids with college costs tells you that these parents are probably not saving as much. And they also got a double whammy on the other side of it where their parents need financial assistance and help. A lot going on. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Hello, hello. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. I just talked a little bit about how one in three, one in three parents will help their kids pay back their, their college costs. Now, again, back in the day, college was cheaper. I'm glad I didn't get saddled with $34,000 of debt or up to $250,000 of debt. College costs have become crazy. Hmm. For a public four-year school, it's about $10,000 a year right now. For a public two-year, it's about $3,500 per year. For a private nonprofit four year, thirty four thousand plus dollars a year. It's times that by four. Now, I like the idea of paying for <clears throat> your kids' debt so that, you know, you're a little bit older. <clears throat> you probably don't need a new car like you used to. You probably have gotten a little bit more savvy about, you know, using your finances wisely. And your kid, you know, they don't understand, you know, you get your college four-year degree and use your GPA once, but you pay for that GPA, you know, 100 payments plus. So I, I never used my college transcript once. Isn't that fascinating? Never once did someone say, can I see your college transcript? And yet we were like mules. I must go to college. So I have a friend, and I just, I'm asking you this question. Do you have a friend who is paying for their kid's college? I have one that's kind of sad. And here's where the sad stories come in. Her daughter has a degree from New York University in acting, which I think is fantastic. I think, you know, hey, the idea that you can grow up and be an actor is pretty darn cool. It's kind of like the idea that you can grow up and be a soccer player, a soccer star. The reality is, is there's not very many of them. So I wonder about going to a private four-year school that ain't cheap. She's probably got $140,000, $150,000 of a college education and living in New York, which, trust me, living in New York is pretty awesome. But it doesn't pay the bills to tell people you lived in New York. It may help you network. It may help you on your career path, but it's not going to pay the bills. So I feel for people who financially sacrifice so their children can go get a degree. And then I I, I doubly feel for them 
when you learn that that degree isn't going to be in something like acting, which again, it's great. And we see all the stars and celebrities like, Hey, isn't that Christopher Lloyd? Hey, isn't that Christopher Walken? Hey, isn't that Christopher Reeve? I don't know. He's dead. Hey, how many more Christophers are there? Doesn't matter. Point being is, you could probably only think of a hundred celebrities. And you look at this planet and you see billions of people. And you're like, I'm going to go to college so I can be just like Christopher Walken. Gotta have more cowbell. I know you're saying, that's the best Christopher Walken, gotta have more cowbell that you've ever heard. Hey, I need more cowbell. Who are these people who have cowbells? Do cows really like bells? Or is it just convenient? Like, I miss Jerry Seinfeld because he was awfully. Why do cows not shrink in the rain? Just a little more cowbell. <laughs> Why don't cows shrink when it rains? Do they all go in the barn and stay dry? Who are these cows who get wet? Anyway, I'm totally digressing, and you don't like it when I digress. Mortgage applications fell two and a half percent as buyers struggle to find affordable homes. Oh boy, oh. Boy, are we changing a lot in the world, and yet real estate's not getting that affected with the fintech movement yet. Some people would say Dan Gilbert of Rocket Mortgage and uh, Quick and Loans that he's done more than well for himself uh, on the back of financial tech and having an app that can do mortgages. Maybe not the best idea. Trump's tweets. Trump's tweets. I know you're saying, are you trying to say Trump's sweets? <coughs> They're sweet tweets. Global trade war is heating up, and sure enough, he's out there. He says, he, he's like, see what the European Union just did to Google with that $5 billion fine? I told you. I know what's good and, and bad. I know. I know you know what's good and bad. I'll just leave you alone. A mess. It's a mess. Soybeans fell 50% from 2012 to 2018. Farmers have done poorly for the last long time in the United States, right? And you start learning about factory farms and situations like that, and you're like, whoa, farmers aren't even farmers anymore. The hometown farm is probably gone. And yet, it's refreshing to travel to another state and see how people make ends meet. I always am entranced by that. Roku is in the news today. The number of U.S. TVs connected to the Internet is going to hit about 182 million this year. Nearly one-third of those are connecting to the Internet using Roku, hardware or software. Amazon's the number two player, but Fire TV adoption is going to trail Roku throughout uh, the next few years. So Roku's got something, right? In the world of connected TV... There's Roku, there's Amazon, there's Google Chromecast, and there's Apple TV. Who do you think's in last there? Is it Chromecast with Google, or is it Apple TV? Now, this includes boxes, sticks, and TVs that have an operating system that includes these products in it. And here's your answer. Apple TV's in fourth. Roku streaming sticks start at $29.99 compared to Amazon's $39.99. And... I've got a Roku. I've got two Rokus and an Apple TV. I know you're saying you must watch a lot of TV, Rob. No, I'm just kind of a big deal. So a lot of sponsored content is 
showing up on Roku now. So 63, 65% of U.S. Internet users, 182 million people, will use a connected TV this year. Wow. 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 That's pretty impressive, right? That's a good trend. You can make money on that trend in theory. Total broker advisor for taking action on any stocks mentioned. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. New York is escalating its legal battle with Trump and Trump University. Comcast has dropped out of the $71 billion bidding war for 21st Century Fox assets. Disney walks away a winner there. Android phones might become more expensive due to Google's $5 billion fine from the EU and how they're going to respond to that. One hour of downtime on Prime Day may have cost Amazon between $72 million and $99 million in lost sales. One hour of downtime. Ooh. Someone probably got fired for that one, right? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. How are you? Let's get your hiney to retirement, shall we? Sweet. That's the goal of the show. So, Wendy's Papa John's deal not happening right now. Wait, 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 what? That's the big headline, or that's one of the big headlines this morning. And there's a couple. There's a couple good ones for sure. Another big headline is tied towards media. And it's tied towards the idea that Disney is going to get, for better or for worse, 21st Century Fox. I think this is fine. As you're seeing Comcast pull out of that major acquisition spree. This is all essentially just trying to set up a competitor down the road to Netflix, because Netflix is powerful. Who would have thought the company that delivered DVDs in the mail would go on to become an international media company? And ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox all have to be saying to themselves, I wish I would have thought of that. Are you with me or against me? That's a big headline up there. Now, the whole Papa John's headline, let me finish that real quick. Um, it turns that Papa John's turns out Papa John's as a company was probably talking to Wendy's as a merger and acquisition partner, which is something that's happened. Wendy's has done a lot of consolidation. Uh, Burger King has done a lot of consolidation. You know, the, the standalone company that's all by itself, like McDonald's, is a little bit more rare. So Papa John's and Wendy's tells you that Papa John sucks. It's telling you that they're, they're dealing not from strength, but from weakness. And for years, it was a big battle between Domino's and Pizza Hut. And then it became a kind of a Domino's and Papa John's battle. Do you with me against me? Yes. Another new car company idea. And for the record, let me just finish the Papa John's statement here and say I probably wouldn't buy shares of Papa John's until some time has passed. The fact that they were considering a merger with Wendy's tells you that they're dealing with some weakness internally. Turo. 
is once again changing the way we view transportation in the Bay Area, which I'm getting a little bit tired of being the comp- the, the dude that lives in the Bay Area and having all my friends go, hey, what's, what's up with this thing called Lyft? I, I, I hear you, you don't have to have a car in San Francisco. Like, uh, you can call a Lyft from uh, the restaurant you're at? Exactly. That's exactly how it works. And someone... Someone in their car will come pick you up. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a cabbie light or a may, maybe more cabbie friendly uh, scenario. It changed the world, right? And now everyone knows Lyft and Uber. And then the scooters came and the bike lanes. So the bike lanes were kind of a big thing. And I, I saw that more personally in Palo Alto happening before I saw it happening in San Francisco. Palo Alto, also known as Shallow Alto. Um... Long story short, is there a long story short? Probably not. There's a new car company. There's a new there's a new transportation play. Let's see if you're with me or against me. Now we know college is expensive as one in three parents are helping their kids pay for their college debt. So what are kids doing when they get out of college? Well, some of them get jobs and some of them get cars and some of them get, you know, homes. Live with girlfriends, boyfriends, kinda practice adulting as it's referred to. So there's now a company that says, you don't even need a car. And it's not Lyft or Uber. Turo is changing the economics of owning a car in cities like San Francisco. Turo, think of it as... The only word that keeps coming to my head is is churro. But let's do turbo without a B. Car owners list their vehicles on the platform and lease them by the day. Hold on, wait, 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 wait. Car owners are leasing their cars on a day-by-day basis? The average host in San Francisco makes $672 a month on Turo, more than enough to cover the national average monthly car payment on a new vehicle. And we're seeing this with things like Teslas. One power host says her new Tesla Model 3 costs her practically nothing because she recovers the cost by renting it to strangers via the Turo app. Now, this gets into a lot of issues on you know, insurance issues uh, when you're using your vehicle as you know, a business. But I'm not against it. You know, if you're a couple that lives in San Francisco, one of the most expensive cities in the United States, where you are jumping on Ubers and jumping on trains and running late, you're not driving all the time. And your Tesla just sits there and depreciates. So she, one of the power users, rents the car to strangers six days a week through the Turo app, which is a person-to-person car sharing service most easily described as Airbnb for cars. Wow. <laughs> Wow, right? So it changed the economics for an individual to own a car in cities like San Francisco. If you were to lease it out a couple days a week, car owners list their vehicles on the platform and try to lease them by the day. They can charge $29 to $200 a day. And this has got to make companies like Enterprise and Hertz all go, what the hell is going on? Right? Is it changing or is it not? Because I see it as changing. There's a kid on YouTube named Ryan. He's got Ryan's toy reviews. He pulls in $11 million in revenue from his YouTube account. Wow. Now, when I was seven, let's just say I wasn't making that much money. I was probably thinking about it. I was probably dreaming about it. A family-run YouTube channel, Ryan Toys Reviews, generates about $11 million in pre-tax income. 
Now, I've heard, like, here's where I'm getting at with this, is um, in third grade, my son knows a YouTuber. I want to be very careful about names. He refers to him as my friend, the YouTuber. And I'm like, what's a YouTuber? Does he watch a lot of YouTube? No, no, he does a channel on YouTube. And ever since this has become public knowledge to my son, he's been basically asking me, begging me, pleading with me about starting a YouTube channel. And I get it. If I were a kid today, I would probably dream of becoming a YouTuber. Or maybe another job, which I've heard is incredibly discouraging, is reviewing content on Facebook. So there's going to be people who have to review all the videos. And supposedly it's dark at YouTube. Like, there's a lot of child sex photos being posted. There's a lot of child pornography being posted. Beheadings. Just horrible, horrible things, right? Animal abuse. And people have to watch that. And people have to say, this is inappropriate. We need to take this down. Because we have kind of a post-first shoot later kind of mentality. So we post it and then we, you know, I post a lot of my content from television and the plus and minus of that is, is crowd wants me to do it. But anytime I do it with YouTube, they instantly come back and say, okay, we just saw, you talked about Disney, Disney acquiring 21st century Fox and you showed Mickey mouse. And do you have the rights to Mickey mouse? So I get like a form letter that it's been taken down unless I protested and say, I work for a news channel or something like that. So I protested. I say, I work for a news channel. Wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. So that's a job now of people who have to uh, review video. It's pretty discouraging, but you can start your own YouTube channel. Now, are you surprised that a seven-year-old is pulling in 10 plus million dollars? And you go back to YouTube. When did it start? Let me see if you know in your head. Throw it out there. Come on, say it. Say it. 2005. And since 2005, it's become the de facto launchpad for the next generation of internet celebrities. Long before Kim Kardashian probably leaked a sex tape. The old VHS camera, camcorder, I don't know what it was. Uh, And she becomes uber famous. And all of her sisters become uber famous. And all of her sisters become uber rich. And she becomes uber rich. Would she have... Would she have been anything if there was, you know, YouTube back in the day before she kind of got on her, quote unquote, uh, she got off her tushy. <laughs> I know you're saying you just made a tushy reference to Kim Kardashian. Yes, I did. Um, but her sister, Kylie Jenner, uh, just super famous. And they make their money on Instagram and they make their money on YouTube, and they make their money on, right? Being famous. There's one... If I were to go over the top ten YouTubers, like Lily Singh, I don't know her. Ryan's Toy Reviews, I didn't know him until today. Smosh, he makes $11 million a year. Jake Paul, I know, because he's an idiot. Felix Kjaberg, PewDiePie, he makes $12 million a year. The number one earner, Dude Perfect, makes $14 million. Evan Fong makes fifteen and a half million, all doing YouTube content. Boy, talking about being born at the right time if you have this. But there's a guy named Dan TDM, sixteen and a half million dollars a year on YouTube. 
Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black. Yesterday, instead of spending a day enjoying the sunshine, I was reading S-filings. These are not fun. But some of the stocks that I own and some of the stocks that I talk about on a regular basis, I got to do it just to make sure I don't mess you guys up too much with an inappropriate stock idea. I was looking through some of the Apple filings from insiders, insiders who sell their shares. Are they keeping pace with last year? Are they faster than last year? Or are they behind last year's numbers? And what I was surprised to find out is that some insiders haven't sold their shares. Now, insiders could be the CEO, the COO, the board of directors. It could be the head of software and services. It could be you know, someone who owns a large stake in the company. And what I'm finding is that a lot of insiders are not selling their shares this year so far. And does that tell you that they know something about the back half of this year or maybe 2019 or 2020? I don't know. It doesn't, you can't read too much into it. It's just, again, one of the things you have to do is, is understand that these guys want boats. These guys want cars. These guys want houses. They want to diversify. And when you see them not selling, it makes you go like, hmm. So like CEO Tim Cook, by this time last year, he'd sold about $17 million worth or 138,000 shares. Um by this time last year. So he had already sold $17 million through the first half of the year, essentially. For all of 2017, he sold 407,000 shares, $460 million. Um, so far this year, nothing. Now, you could argue that he's got enough money. He's, he doesn't have a cash flow problem, right? Or you could say maybe he's hoarding it for a reason. I don't know. It's just the work that I do for you, and I, I, I report it as I can. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. The Dow Jones Industrial Average um, has had a big up move recently. But um, on a day-by-day basis, it's, it's really tough to say which direction we're going to go. A lot of the headlines are out there. You know, Comcast is up today because they are not going to pursue 21st Century Fox. Even though they have pretty nice cash flow, and they probably could have, you know, survive it. They just, they don't want to pay that premium. eBay is down today after reporting second quarter earnings. The e-commerce site had revenue of $2.64 billion. IBM up. They reported second quarter earnings better than expected. Um, and it's pretty simple. Not like, not like IBM said, you know, we're going to have a new phone or a new server or new anything. They said we did $20 billion of revenue and... It is just that. Philip Morris is down 5%. Always fascinated to watch Philip Morris. Big fat dividend. Big play on smoking internationally. Which, I was in a different state this week. I'm surprised how many people smoke. You really get kind of like used to not seeing it. And for whatever reason, when you see it, you're just like, whoa. Discovery was up 4% after Goldman Sachs added it to the firm's conviction buy list. It is a play on media. Square's up. One analyst says it's got a lot of upside. Square is a company that does credit card payments, right? Swipes. Uh, Fintech, financial tech. 
had to stop and think of that for a second. So YouTube stars was a segment I I just did and how much money they make and how it's kind of a job of the future to jump on and distribute the content that direction. Um, I've tried and it, it gets some traction. So I have a channel called Raw Black Show, but I haven't given it a lot of love and I should. Not like I'm going to be making $15.5 million from it, but it's another distribution model of getting the information out there. What I was going to say during the last segment, because this is fascinating to me, is that some of these YouTube stars are now joining together and they're doing basically celebrity boxing matches with themselves. Hey, I got 11 million followers and I'll talk to a guy who's got 13 million followers and let's pull our 24 million together and box. Now, part of me goes, that's stupid. I'd rather watch real boxing. But then again, it's not about me. If you watch your favorite celebrity, and let's say your favorite celebrity is, oh, good God, let's go Kevin Bacon. If you'd watch him box Geraldo Rivera, oh my, maybe you'd my, do it. My. Or Donald Trump against Barack Obama. Would you pay to watch two people box that aren't boxers? That's not even funny. Or would you just even give them your eyeballs and you could watch it that way? And they could sell advertising. And an advertiser would go, wait, you're going to deliver me up to 24 million of your users? An advertiser's going to jump all over that. So just throwing that out there for you. Elsewhere in the news today. Um, first time unemployment claims comes out on Thursdays. This is worthy of note because the claims, the first-time claims, dropped the lowest level since 1969. We have a pretty darn good economy. We have jobs. So is that enough? It, it helps. It helps to stop the fear and uh, panic-mongering. I know, you're saying, but I don't like this president or that president. I don't like this Congress or that Congress. And it's all going to fall apart. Well, jobs, as long as we have jobs, we're going to spend money. Maybe we'll drink a little bit more during some administrations than others, but you get the idea. You can find me online at Roblox Show, Twitter Roblox Show, YouTube Roblox Show.